Welcome to the Luck Stops Here podcast. I'm your host, Scott Bowser. This is the second time I'm trying to record this now. Um, I've gone through two mishaps since the Joe Kilgallen fiasco, the great Kilgallen murder of 2021. Um, we're, we're all, we all regret it, um, but fortunately Joe's not actually dead, so I'll bring him back on the show sometime. I got my brother Brett with me. Brett, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. Um, so basically last night, Brett and I re- did a fantasy football draft for the FFPC Football Guys Players Championship, and I know that's a mouthful, but basically... We're in a giant tournament where there's a $3.2 million prize pool for 12 teams. Um, anything you want to add here, Brett? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a certain type of format, though. Like I think that's what we should probably kind of... Yeah. Uh, so the format is it's a PPR, but there is a tight end bonus. PPR being a point per reception. So running backs who catch the ball and high-volume receivers have a little bit of an ad. But in this one, you get one and a half points for a tight end. And most tight ends are boom or bust based on touchdown rate. And so there's only like two that really get consistent high volume. And those guys are like through the roof. Because if you think of it this way, 100 receptions will get you 150 receptions worth of points. Yeah, um, or a normal player. Yeah, and especially if it's a tight end like like these two at the top we're talking about, uh, Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller, uh, Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs, Darren Waller of the Las Vegas Raiders. Like these guys do get touchdowns too, so it's like their value is insane. Like, yeah, and then you you want to add to that that like the drop off from the top like five tight ends to number six, you're talking like fifty receptions. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, it's it it matters. And then you also have like uh I think there's a like like I think wide receiver is the deepest position group on the board for this season. Uh I think there's a big drop off in running backs after like the top 15, top 20 or 25 maybe or so. Running backs will all will always be the most sought after players in um free agency throughout the season because of injuries, because of retooling of depth chart. Running backs have a lot to um, they have to like blocking assignments. They have they have a lot to learn. Where it's like a receiver, you're like, okay, all you can run is four routes. Well, we'll we could do that right now, and we'll figure out the rest of your route tree as the year goes on. A running back, if he can only do two things, you become way too transparent because he's the only guy doing it in the backfield. And the same thing so, kind of applies to tight ends too. There too, where it's like, yeah, tight end, you you're expected now to be able to line up as an extra offensive lineman. You're expected to line up out wide as an extra receiver, in the slot as an extra receiver. You're you literally in two positional meeting rooms. You're in the offensive line positional meeting room, and you're in the tight, uh, the wide receiver positional meeting room. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, uh, it's That's why most tight ends have their breakout year in, like, year four or whatever. Or even later. There's guys that break out in, like, year seven. It's um, it, t- it takes a while just to know the nuances of the position, especially with some of these teams where – they're also lining up you up as like a running back in some place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, or the makeshift fullback, you know, kind of. Yeah, yeah, like the like flex uh, socket. Okay, so anyway, this FFPC thing, the way it works is it's a like a series of twelve team leagues where we all draft in these drafts, and then based on the points we do during the season and whatnot, we're playing for a play uh, Champions League at the end of the year. So. Most fantasy teams, you're looking to beat your buddies at the office weeks one through fucking whatever, and then winning your playoffs. We're 
we're looking to do, I mean, we're looking to beat, like, prof- a lot of these are, like, professional gamblers and stuff. We're looking to beat them regular season, and we're looking to beat them in the playoff, our season, pl- our league playoffs, and then we're looking to beat the best of the best in the Champions League, where there's a multiplier of our season points and all this stuff. It's kind of confusing. I still quite don't get it myself, so I'm not going to even try and explain it. But, uh, yeah, so this is, like, it's a fun format, dude. Like, I, I've never done anything big like this. The first time Brett and I did a fantasy team together was the Kingy Poops in an ESPN league. And what do we do there, buddy? Uh, we won the championship. We had no idea what we were doing. In the late rounds, we were lost, and we're like, dude, Maurice Jones-Drew, that guy's a stud. Like, we remember him from watching him over the last four years at UCLA games. Uh, let's grab him. Like, once uh, – who was it at the time? Taylor, Fred Taylor. Yeah. Once Fred Taylor's old ass gets hurt, like he's going to tear this league up. And sure enough, that happened. He did. And he won pretty much. He did so well. Anyone who had him pretty much won their fantasy league that year. And we had him the whole year. We just He was on our bench. We didn't know better than to cut guys who weren't playing or anything. But I'd also like to add, that was the only team we've ever done together up until now. Up until now. That's true. That's true. Yeah, so. So if you're looking at success rate, through the roof. <laughs> We're going to the moon. And to so, the moon. And this thing has $3.2 million in prizes. So it's like $500,000 for the Champions League grand prize overall. But if we, I was looking at the numbers. If we just finish in like the top 500 in the Champions League and win our our league, our regular league playoffs, we're looking to make like I think like thirty five hundred or twenty five hundred or something like that. It's a nice little kickback. <laughs> like, and, and here's the real thing is since we split this, um, some people like they hear a three hundred fifty dollar entry fee and they're like, oh my god, you have like that kind of money to waste on fantasy football? It's ten bucks a week, and it gives me like excitement every week because every week I'm playing for a half million dollars in my mind. In my yeah. soul, <laughs> yeah, yeah. in my adrenaline rush, you know, like I'm, I'm not setting that second flex spot thinking, oh, I hope to beat uh, FBG one and manual stimulation. Um, I am <laughs> deep cut. Dude. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm hoping to win five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the end of the, the the name of the game here that we're playing. Um, win the shitload of money. Also, this FFPC, like, the way they do stuff, I think it's cool, like, because in addition to the Titan Premium, it's a different for- roster format. We have the quarterback, two running backs, uh, two receivers, two flex, and a tight end. Like, I'm in a league where there's a one running back and a flex and one flex. Uh, you know, there's three receiver leagues. There's all kinds of stuff. But I really like this roster format because you do have to have some depth at every position. But you can also, with the double flex, get very creative with your roster construction. Yeah, it's not a super flex or a kicker flex type thing. But, um, yeah, you don't feel stupid going after four, even five great players at one position, that being running back or wide receiver, because it's like, well, I can play four of them. Or even loading up on tight ends. There's a couple times there where I thought, I thought a decent tight end might slip to us after we already had Waller. And then we ended up getting one in Everett where we ended up pulling the trigger on one of those guys. But it's just one of those things where it's like, dude, having two good tight ends in a league like this is absolutely – because we're taking someone else's points away from them too at that point. Yeah. And there was a moment in this draft where I was – I told Scott, I'm like, hey, look, we have the three top tight ends in our top 15, but we should pretty much draft based on the order of that top 15 – 
but I don't want to get two tight ends with the, our first two picks. But um, after we got Waller, they was looking for a second that like Kittle might drop to us in the third round. And if he would have dropped we, to us in the third round, we would have had to have. Done we would have had to have taken him because I never expected that to happen. And if it would have, um, yeah, you that, know, that's, that's the guy that was number ten on our overall board falling to us in like what? What would be the third pick for? Picks our, like. 30-something, 30 30. yeah. 30. Yeah, so, like, the end. Oh, I kind of lost you for a second, but it's all right. Um, yeah, I think it's pick 34. Yeah. I also just stopped. I stopped talking randomly, so that was. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, that's a funny move to do in these Zoom calls is, like, the freeze. Just, uh, and then, like, they're like, what, what? And then you're like, no, no, I'm just having a stroke. Um <laughs> But we ended up walking uh, out of here with four of our top 30, which I was fucking stoked with, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. And if you really think about, like, five, like, our fifth pick, four of our top 30, then our fifth pick was a guy we valued at number one at his position. True. Yeah, and Kyler Murray. You're right. Um, So... Want to get through it? Want to break down our team? Uh, what do you do? You want to do it position by position, or do you want to do it like in order of the draft? Um, let's let's do draft order because I think that's like a truer representation. Uh, and then we'll kind of go over where what we feel about our positional hey, groups. Also, afterwards. one more thing that I think we should we we haven't even talked about this at all. But do you notice on on this website here how there's an option? There's a little bar for side action. I did not. So we can offer side action with the people we're playing in these leagues each week and be like, do you want to play us for 10 bucks? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where we're going to find out who's like an industry professional and who's not because an industry professional is going to be like, I got like 80 of these. I can't keep track of this one any more than another. Like, yeah. And then, yeah. And then a regular dude's like, hell Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good point, though, dude, because, like, uh, I was telling you how there's that guy that won this two years in a row, right? Yeah, but, like, after he won the first year, he went and did, like, 100 entries the second <laughs> yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, he won, but it was, like... <laughs> yeah. We have $500,000, then do 1,000 entries at $350,000. You increase your chances of winning again, but you also cost yourself... Three hundred fifty thousand dollars. You're winning, and also they credited us with a thirty-five dollar best ball draft that we can redeem. So that's gonna Woo-woo. be that's gonna be fun that we can do because we. That's part of the reason why we're doing this early for people that are like, "What the fuck are these guys doing a fucking half million dollar draft in early July?" Well, we get a free best ball draft with the in a decent sized pool. So it's like you know, yeah, strike yeah, all the. So- eye. So be sure to like, comment, and review if you like our fantasy breakdown, and we can maybe do a live draft of that best ball. Oh God, dude! You took the words out of my mouth. Like, spoken like a true prodigy, my man. Like, I'm, I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, let's okay. So I'm gonna. I gotta find how to get into our draft now that we did. Um, draft pilot. Is that it? Oh no. Oh, draft board. That's what I just went to, and it's got uh, our round-by-round action. Okay, where is that? I'm trying to find that bar. Oh, I know this is thrilling action for everyone listening. It's up at the top. you got league home rule. First, you pick your the team, 
Yeah. And then it's I'm called League Home Rules Owners Draft Board. So coming down um, the first round, I'll just kind of banter until you to get the draft board up. Wait, okay, so I got team clicks, but it just says set lineup. Uh, uh, you know, I'm going to go to my teams, and I'm going to go into league. That's what I got to do. I think I just had it in a different window. Woo! A lot of fun here, everybody. Um, but, yeah, so Bowser's Bonanza. Woof. Um, yeah, there we go. Okay, draft board. Bam. All right. All right. Guys like Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara. If any of those guys would have fallen to us, we would have had to have gone running back first. Uh, Zeke Elliott and Saquon Barley I gotta Barkley say, were on the fence guys for us. I got to say, looking at this, dude, uh, Derrick Henry going third overall, I can't believe. The guy uh, doesn't catch passes. Uh, exactly. And he he's coming off, like, historically, a running back his age that comes off two years of that uh, amount of workload. They struggle big time to stay healthy in, like, years three and four. So, like, he's looking to start breaking down here. You know, like the way yeah. Eddie George did, the way uh, Jamal Anderson. I mean, we can sit, sit here and go down the line. Or Jamal Lewis. Uh, we can sit here and just go down the line. And Jamal and Jamal Anderson. <laughs> like, uh, so there's something I've heard where it's like everyone's like, oh, after year, um, year 30, running backs break down. It's really something like number of carries. Yeah. Like, um, so by year 30, figure most guys have been in the league seven years. So it's like at 2,000 carries, you start to break down. I don't know the exact number. Uh, well, but, that's why like a guy like a program like Alabama is good to draft draft guys from because they don't get as many carry like superstar running backs aren't don't get as many carries there because they have like six of them. Whereas yeah. the other other schools, it's like okay, we have one of these guys, we have to ride him. And so yes, exactly. you, you can get less mileage on these guys coming out of college. So that's a big reason why Alabama running backs do have some Wasn't value. Was Derrick Henry behind Mark Ingram? Like when, yeah. You Dude, know, he was like, behind yeah, Mark Ingram so. and somebody else, too. I can't remember. Or yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, so he's like the third guy on there. Like, and even when he was a senior or junior and he got his major run, there was still like two guys behind him that were dope. And it was like, yeah. you're still, yeah, you're getting the run now. You're getting 50% of the carries. Yeah. So, looking at this, so yeah, it goes McCaffrey, Cook, Henry, Kelsey, Kamara, Elliot, Barkley. But when we got the 10th uh, draw in this draft, because it came out, what, the day before on Thursday, the draft yeah. order? So, dude, I, I mean, I was so stoked to get that 10th spot, because I immediately looked at the board and was like, okay, we're going to probably be able to get Darren Waller, and then we're going to be able to get somebody on the flip side that's very good, and that's exactly what happened. That is exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Our top ten players ended up being McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, Barkley, Henry, Elliott, Kelsey, Eckler, Waller, at, and Kittle. Um, so, and that, it's like, they weren't, because we knew, like, I'm not going to split hairs over Kamara or Barkley, Kamara or Cook, because those guys weren't going to fall to us. Yeah. Um Kelsey being at seven there, it was pretty much certain he wasn't going to fall to us either. So it's really just who are the top seven guys and then guys that could realistically fall to you. So, like, Eckler was rated ahead of Waller on our board, but we knew we could get Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, Joe Mixon, Antonio Gibson, which the fall off between Eckler and those guys isn't huge. But if we didn't get Waller, we could be falling to the likes of, like, Hawkinson. Which, yeah, because in that in that situation where we get Eckler, we might be looking at George Kittle 
or we're having to pull the trigger on Hawkinson. And, like, in this one, Kyle Pitts went in the third round. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, it's, it's like Hawkinson isn't worth a second-round pick. So now you're playing that game of, oh, well, maybe could I could get him in the eighth. Oh, shit, he went. And then you could end up with, like, a, you know, an Irv Smith or something because you just kind of kept playing the is it worth it game. And, so, and who knows, Irv Smith could be a breakout guy this year. You never know at the tight end position. He's got the athleticism, the tools. If they use him like kind of the way they used to use uh, Rudolph, uh, there could be something there. But at the same time, the guy's name is Irv Smith. Like, yeah. How many great so, players do you know named Irv? The greatest player, <laughs> the greatest player I knew named Irv growing up was the guy that ran our local comic book store, I'm Comics. Yeah, dude was a player. <laughs> I fell for that. The American Gladiators are coming next week for so many weeks before uh, I finally realized they ain't ever coming, are they? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. if you really like the American Gladiators, check out the newest 30 for 30 on the American Gladiators where you can see Scott Bowser, and uh, he's one of the talking heads in that. Got some good insight and as a super fan, so go ahead and check that out. Yeah, that's going to be great. It comes out sometime this next season, which is like fall to spring or whatever. I, thanks for the plug, dude. I, 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 <laughs> I, I don't like to blow smoke out my own pee hole. It's, it's better to... Sit, sit in someone else's waft. Uh, Much like our bathhouse experiences, you're the <laughs> guy I have to plug, Scott. Oh. <laughs> fucking asshole. Um, okay, Jonathan Taylor is a guy, though, that if he would have fallen to us, it would have been hard to not pull the trigger on him. With the Colts offensive line and the fact that he's playing in a division where he gets six games right off the top against the Titans defense, the Jaguars defense, and the Texans defense. And they play in a dome. I'm a big fan of taking dome guys when you can. Um, Love dome. Yeah, because, like, uh, especially with quarterbacks and stuff, because when you look at it, uh, like, my buddy Colby, he screams about how Colby Dent of the college football experience and college basketball experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Check him out. Um, But Colby screams about how much he hates domes, how it's not real football. And I, I get that sentiment, how, like, yeah, the early days of the NFL was just like teams in the Midwest battling it out with each other kind of thing. But here's something else I've noticed is that teams that play on synthetic turf that aren't in a dome are much more susceptible to non-contact injuries. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, look at the 49ers, man. Like, like every one of them tears their knee up. Yeah, it's true. Like, even every their, single even, one of them. Even their defensive, like, linemen. <laughs> yeah, no, everybody. Like, it's like there's something about, like, either play outside on real grass or play in a dome on the turf. I think the sun just, like, makes that synthetic turf sticky or something so they can't make cut. I don't know. I'm I'm not a scientist. I'm just saying I noticed some shit. Look, I don't do science talk. <laughs> <laughs> So then coming coming around to our second pick, we thought Eckler was going to fall to us, and we were, like, dancing around, and, of course. Oh, it froze up. As we learned throughout this draft, it's worked to our favor later on. Because you, you we kinda, thought my guys were going to help You kind of cut off there. So, yeah. yeah, we were dancing around. <laughs> um, yeah, hoping we'd get him, but we realized – quickly that the minute we talk about somebody they got drafted yeah so later in the draft we use that to our advantage like i tried to talk about josh gordon at one point trying to see if we could get someone to draft him i did so it a couple it was... times dude right be like oh no don't 
don't take, and I would say is like some jerk off name, and then they'd get picked. The first one I think was DJ Chark, where I was like, "Oh, I hope they don't take DJ Chark." And he went, and we're like, "Okay, this is there's something to this." <laughs> All so right. after Eckler went, we were looking at um, Antonio Gibson, Cam Akers, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones. Um, in reality, it was Gibson, Akers, or Jones, and uh, we went Gibson. Yeah, and I think there's some upside there. First off, you know, in this PPR format, even though he's not a tight end, but as a PPR running back, I think there's a lot of value for a guy that was converted from a college wide receiver to running back. And as we were talking about with the, the mileage, this guy's got less mileage because of that. He didn't get the wear and tear in college of a typical college running back. He was a rookie last year. He didn't really get playing time till second half of the year, um, like consistent playing time. But he flashed and showed you he could be a twenty point a game guy. Um, and his now coming and his teammate JD McKissick had one hundred and six pass targets last year. Yeah. So and you figure as a second year guy he's probably going to eat in as part of that workload most certainly. You know, like yes. And then you bring in the coaching staff. Always watch coaching staff shifts in fantasy football because that. That's translatable. Like, they're going to run the same system. These guys are – they do what they do regardless of the talent they have. So you're talking about a guy who birthed the 99% usage and 100 catches, 1,000 yards receiving, 1,000 yards rushing for Christian McCaffrey. And he's coming in, and he's first thing he says is, I see Antonio Gibson as being able to do everything that Christian McCaffrey could do. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's tough. Of, so you, even you know the guy has the talent. You know he has um, the usage lined up for him. And then you add into the fact that coaching staff wants to use him in the fashion that he's going to score the most fantasy and points. Seriously, even if he's just 75% of what McCaffrey was in that offense, that's a, still a top five running back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's an absolute steal at the position we got. Okay. So how did this draft sort out from there after we got Antonio Gibson? So now um, we kind of knew that if Chris Carson fell to us, that we were going to get him. But there's a big drop off on running backs after that, where the guy we could have got in the third round is pretty much the same as someone we could have got in the fifth, sixth, seventh. So um, we were eyeballing Chris Carson, but knowing that if he did go, chances are maybe like a um, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson. Um, would fall to us, and yeah, the so way it went. Yeah, Keenan Allen went the pick before us, and we got Allen. And Chris there. Carson went pick two picks before that. Yeah. So it was down to three picks left, and it was Chris Carson, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, and we're like, okay, we're getting one of these guys. Chris Carson, Keenan Allen picked right away, kind of made the choice for and us. We were kind of eyeballing Allen. Robert Woods there, too, at that time. <laughs> we were, but we realized that there was a great chance he would fall back to us. Um, it was a snake draft, and we were in this number 10 spot, so... We have, like, the 10th pick of every round, but we also have the third pick of the the next round. So it's like... Yeah. And to me, Robert Woods or Chris Godwin kind of would have been similar. So I figured one of them would fall to us. And, um, yeah, sure enough, as it played out, Robert Woods came back to us in the next round. So we got both the guys we wanted with our third and fourth picks. And then now our, line, our team's looking like we have Waller. We have Gibson, we have Robinson, we have Woods. Uh, real quick, I want to go back to just 
when you're setting your lineups each week, it's nice to have a Darren Waller where it's one spot you don't have to waste any mental energy on. Um, yeah, yeah, we're starting no stress. We're starting Darren Waller a tight end every goddamn week. <laughs> because here's the thing: you get two of those mid round tight ends, and you're like, "Oh, this guy's a great matchup. I'm going to play him." First drive of the game, the guy that's on your bench scores a touchdown, and you're like, "I'm fucked, dude. There's no way the guy I have in is going to outscore this guy who already has a touchdown first drive, and that will ruin your Sunday." <laughs> so we went a long ways to not ruining our Sunday by getting Darren Waller. Yeah, we're playing for a half a million. We want to play for half a million every goddamn week. <laughs> and, like, if you're in normal redraft leagues, I always say, like, you try to, like, mitigate risk by, hey, look, I'm, I'm iffy on my running backs. Let me just get five of them in the first uh, eight rounds and or ten rounds, really. And, you know, two of them should pan out. Um, in this, you got to shoot your shot. you got to think – you're drafting, trying to draft the perfect team, you yeah, know, yeah, because you, the you, upside's worth it. Yeah, because you, you, you're competing not just in your league. You're competing in this overall thing where the total scoring really matters. And there's prizes just for total points and shit. So there's, like, so, so many different cash prizes in this where it's, like, you, we're trying to score as many goddamn points as possible. And part of the way of doing that, like you said, have these positions where you're not wasting energy trying to decide. Oh, like, cause I hate when you get, like, like in basketball – I like waiting to like the tenth, eleventh round, and then just taking like two, three quarterbacks in the next four rounds. And you know, one of those guys is gonna hopefully one of those guys has a big week every week. But in best yeah. ball, you're not setting your lineup. Whoever has the highest score is what you get credit for each week. So the format yeah. kind of plays for that. Whereas this, it's like so when the draft comes back to us in the fifth round, it was looking like we're gonna have a choice of any quarterback except except Patrick Mahomes, who went the third round, and I don't get that at all because. He went the pick after the guy who took Kelsey. I kind of get it if you have Kelsey and you want to stack with Mahomes. I get that. Yeah. To me, if you waste that top five pick on Kelsey, you almost have to take Mahomes in the third round there. Yeah. And then that, yeah, that guy ended up going Mark Andrews then in the fifth. Or, I'm sorry, the, the fourth, fourth. round. Yeah, dude. And it's like, all right, you went with a guy who's known as being a great tight end because he catches a lot of touchdowns in a reception premium league. You know, if we are getting nine points for touchdowns, Mark Andrews might have been, you know, the second best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tight yeah, end, totally. Tight end off the board, but that's not the case. He, he's not going to really get more than 70 catches, especially that they brought in a lot of targets, but, but I digress. So as we're looking at it um, – Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, and Lamar Jackson were all guys that we were looking at to draft with that fifth pick. Because, again, we're shooting our shot. We're drafting the best team possible. I'm not worried if – what if Robert Woods isn't great? No, Robert Woods is going to be great. That's how I have to think. Um, So we're going to go with one of these quarterbacks. And I would have had a hard time going between Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. And that got made a little easier when at pick eight of the fifth round, Josh Allen went. So we were really looking at Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. And that was a tough call, dude. It yeah. was a really tough call. Um, the fact that Kyler Murray um, plays in be- better weather in Arizona to Baltimore. And he has a Hopkins, you know. Yeah, yeah. He uh, has a legit ace. And he also has a coach that comes from the air raid fucking background where it's like they are going to throw it 65% of the time for sure. And they run more four receiver sets than any team in the league by a lot. And you know, and as much as uh rushing really matters for quarterbacks in terms of scoring, I think air raid's great for a quarterback like him because you can always just tuck it and run. 
So that rushing, yeah. those rushing, like, whereas Lamar Jackson, the rushing plays are designed rushing plays a lot of times for him. Whereas Kyler Murray is just going to get rushing plays on broken passing plays. Would really make, to me, make the upside that much bigger. And with the way the rules are, they don't get hurt, really. The way they're going to get hurt is by running the football. Lamar Jackson being that guy when things aren't going well in a game that they're losing, he's going to rely on his legs to bring him back as much as his arm. Uh, Kyler Murray is going to chuck it uh, probably a little more than run. Also, from a baseball background, dude knows how to slide with the best of them. And that <laughs> slide, like, no joke. You know, that's a really good point. Is, like, is, is I every- haven't heard anyone mention that in any like fantasy football shows that I listen to. So that is premium content you're providing there, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you look at Russell Wilson, the guy never takes a big hit. Because he knows how to slide. He was a second baseman, too, dude. Like, he knows how to slide, and he knows how to take the slide at second. <laughs> yeah, and when it, what happens when you slide is guys usually end up going high, hitting you in, like, the, you know, upper body. And so it's not hurt eggs. So you get a couple of those 15-yard penalties for that, and guys learn to just, whatever, just let them slide. Like, get out of the way, jump over them. And if you watch enough football, you'll see, like, a lot of savvy defensive players know once guys start that slide, they just get jump. out of the way. Don't even try. Um, and so that it's – Lamar Jackson hasn't been hit yet because he's so shifty, but he still has a little bit of that I'm playing at Louisville and I'm just better than everybody edge to him where, like, there's times he takes hits. I'm like, ugh. Ooh. The one thing I am kind of worried about with Kyler Murray is I'm not a huge fan of their coach Cliff Kingsbury. Or it's like, I mean, any yeah. guy with two K's in his name, you got to be suspect. You're like, what's his middle name? <laughs> is it Clux? Because we got a problem. <laughs> yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Cliff Clux Kingsbury. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's uh, see, that's uh, this is why you guys subscribe, right? For this kind of. You're not going to hear that on football, guys, uh, draft breakdowns. <laughs> okay. So, um, no. Uh, this, okay. yeah. All right. No, so uh, we got Kyler Murray, but it's gonna, it, once again, we're at the place where every odd number, every odd round of the draft, we have a pick, and then we have a pick come, coming up right away. Yes. And so guys we were actually looking at instead of Kyler Murray were uh, Kareem Hunt, Miles Gaskin um, at the running back position. There's a, there was a lot of good – so we kind of just threw that out the window because you saw, like, Brandon Ayuk, Robbie Anderson, um, Cortland Sutton, Debo Samuel, guys that we really liked. And we knew we could even get Antonio Brown later. So And then we Kareem Hunt goes to the pick right after Kyler Murray there. But the guy who goes next there is Trey Sermon, who is just skyrocketing up draft boards. When I did my first best ball, I think he was, like, a 15th-round guy. Yeah, and something that I – so when you play fantasy football every season, there are guys who only remember the first few weeks when what they thought in the draft crushed them in those early weeks. And there are guys who played the whole season and won, and they were like, man, all these players who barely got drafted end up winning leagues because they were the Antonio Gibsons who didn't really get to play much till later in the year. But when he did, he tore it up. Yep, And so... I always get caught up in, like, I want to draft a bunch of these guys who are going to be great later, and then I look at week one, and I'm like, who the fuck am I going to play? Like, I I got guys who aren't even starting in my running back position because I went and drafted a bunch of guys who are going to be great later, and I have no one great now. And I feel like Trey Sermon falls into that category where 
he's not going to be the number one bell cow back week one. No. Um, it's not going to happen. There's well, too much to learn at the running back position. It's like if you had Tony Pollard last year handcuffing Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke got you t- to the dance, hopefully. But then if uh, if you had Pollard there when he came in late in the season, he won you playoff games. Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson, Tony Pollard, guys that week six you would have dropped because they're just not getting usage, and I got bye weeks coming up. I got injuries. I need someone who can play. Those guys were like league winners because they tore it up down the stretch. Yeah, so you never – but with this, like we're trying to win each week. I mean, we're tr- we're not just trying to win each week. We're trying to be the 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 high score each week. You know. Yeah. And so, as of this date, July tenth in the year of our Lord, twenty twenty one, the way I see that backfield in the, with the Forty ers is, Moser is the one, Wayne Gallman is the two, Trey Sermon is the three. And everyone's dropping Trey Sermon on the hype that he could raise to be the two by the start of the season. I don't think anyone realistically thinks he'll be the number one by the start of the season. But it's one of those situations where they traded up to get him in the third round. They want to play him. And he could have that starting job within the first month. Now, again, we went back to how the 49ers got injured so much. Last year, the 49ers played like five running backs because they had such injuries. So that wasn't the only running back they drafted because they know they need about five guys just to make it through a 17-game season. And that's what a lot of people, like, uh, if you're looking, I've been uh, already putting bets in on season-long win totals. People just aren't factoring that that extra game in. And so yeah. you're getting really I, – I got the Titans over over nine-and-a-half wins, which I think is very doable even in a 16-game season. Aren't the Steelers at, like, eight-and-a-half? Something so like that. So they just finish above 500? Yeah, there's some juice on that, though. It's, like, minus 130 or whatever. But on okay. this one with the Titans, I got it at plus 120. So they're paying me juice to hit for them to hit double-digit wins. And you look at that division of Houston. Uh, I think they split the games with the Colts, and I think they sweep Houston, they sweep Jacksonville. So that's five wins right there. They just need to win five out of their next, uh, what is it, 11 games? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, with that next pick coming back, we ended up going with Cortland Sutton. It was kind of between him and Kenny Galladay. And, that, and Cortland Sutton, to me, that's one of those picks where we're, we're swinging for the fences. But hey, the floor is solid there. Like, and he's our, and, and the floor is solid. He's going to get a good workload as long as he's healthy. We're, everything comes with an asterisk of long, as long as they're healthy, though. So I, I don't want to hear people say, well, you never we – ha- I know we have friends that I won't name that always just talk about everybody can get injured that they didn't draft because they're upset that they didn't draft them. And you know exactly who I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> and here's what Cortland Sutland kind of proved two years ago that he's quarterback proof. He had some god-awful quarterback play, and the guy produced. And last year he was going, like, in the third round expecting to be a breakout guy. I mean, he already broke out, but I'm talking, like, breakout into that top echelon Devonta Adams kind of range. Um, and he got hurt before the season started. So he had a, you know, leg injury, but it was literally, like, Right, like week one, I believe, or before week. I don't know. It was really early where he's fully healed now. I yeah, mean, he wasn't even go, leaving dude. his house. He's fucking, <laughs> dude. Yeah, you're. Right. I mean, and and there's a huge upside play here because if Aaron Rodgers gets traded to the Broncos, like a lot of people are still suspecting, 
we just got a second round wide receiver in the sixth round. <laughs> and he, and he's our third wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So we aren't counting on him to do anything. But we're counting. We we want him to be, be our, our best. basically a flex one, flex two type guy. And he could be our wide receiver one. Yes. So opted to not go running back there, and there was twenty picks between that and our next pick. Three running backs went in that stretch, which proved that we did the right thing there. Because at the same time, we had what eight or nine. I really, I really do feel like the way you win these league, this type of league, is you have to always be zigging when everyone's zagging. If you're not, if you're not, if you're following the run on a position, like like Lamar Jack, we kind of started that quarterback run when we took Kyler Murray. After we went Kyler Murray in the next... Well, Josh I, Josh Allen went right before him, so yeah, I guess that kind yeah. of started the, triggered it, but... But, yeah, right after that, in the next eight picks, Herbert, Jackson, and Prescott went. So that was the tight end run. If you're the guy who got Quarter. Prescott, you got the leftovers. Yeah, you got um, sloppy you got sloppy seconds. But, hey, honestly, Prescott's not a bad move. I mentioned uh, to you last night how we both know that Prescott has the most 400-yard passing games in the NFL since 2016. So, you know what? That might be a good like, – because, like, one thing knowing this much about fantasy, just because we don't have these guys, doesn't mean we can't bet their fucking game-to-game prop bets. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. When my kids watch me watch football games, they're like, which team do you want to win, Dad? Like, you're cheering at random times. So I'm like, uh, I want that guy to do well, and on the other team, I want that guy to do well. So... <laughs> I'm really hoping for like a thousand point shootout here where those two guys just go ham. Like <laughs> the final score matters not. I remember uh, watching Monday Night Football with Dad as a kid, and like, and I'll be like, "Hey, like, who do you want to win?" He was like, "Oh, it was, I remember he had bet on the Browns too." He's like, "The Browns." I'm like, "Oh, they just won." He's like, "No, but I needed them to win by more points." And I like, I was like, "What?" And then that's when I first learned what a point spread was. And, he explained it to me. <laughs> People still don't get a point spread, and it blows my mind. It's like plus three. Add plus three Dude, to the final score. You know what people do not get at all is over-under. People yeah. will come up to me and be like, hey, Scott, what's the over-under on me eating eight eggs? I'm all, I guess you're setting it at eight, you dingleberry. <laughs> well, the thing is, is no one wants to watch that 13 to 10 game, so everyone's like always like, oh, it's of course going to hit the over. It's like... You've never been disappointed watching a game where they barely scored 20 points? As you know, like, oh, wait, that's happened a lot to you? Yeah, the unders isn't a stupid bet either. No. Oh, you play fantasy and you just want every game to be a 50-point game? Yeah, that doesn't happen. That's yeah. not reality. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we, we went Corlin Sutton. And like I said, before our next pick, 20 picks later, only Chase Edmonds, James Robinson, and Michael Carter at the running back position were drafted. And I don't think Michael Carter would not have been drafted by us at any point in this draft, really. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would have taken a flyer on him in, like, the 15th round. I think I've done that in baseball, but that's about it with him, dude. Uh, yeah, he went in the 7th. James Robinson, um, also a guy I would have gone maybe, like, 8th rounder later, but not in the 6th. It was our RB2. And uh, Chase Edmonds, I have a lot of concerns in that I would have liked him because he's a pass catcher, and we kind of kind of paired him up with Kyler Murray. But I really think James Conner is going to steal a lot of his goal line work. And so you're really just kind of looking at catches and yardage for him. And he's not going to do it for you with touchdowns. And so when it came back to us, um, we ended up going with Raheem Mostert. We kind of talked about him when we talked about that Trey Sermon pick. 
If Mostert stays healthy all year, 17-game season, running back, not going to happen. But until he gets hurt, that guy's going to be the starter. Yeah, um, and we got him as the, what, the 31st running back in this draft? Something? And the guy has world-class explosive speed. I think he ran 22 miles per hour on one of his touchdown runs against the Jets last year. Um, like, one of the... He had two of the top five fastest runs on the Didn't year. Did Daniel Jones have the fastest touchdown run last year, or the fastest run, and the, on the before he fell on his face? Yeah, it wasn't a touchdown run. <laughs> yeah, was, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Raheem Mostert's that guy that. Also, like, last year, he didn't play a lot because of injury, but two years ago, that guy was, it was like, oh, high ankle sprain on Monday. On Friday, they're like, oh, he's doubtful. And on Sunday, he's going for 20 points because that guy was just a machine. I think he played with, like, a broken, a fractured arm and stuff. Like, yeah, no, he the guy's a- willing to play through injury. Yeah, he's a beast. And, like, and like that Trey Sermon thing, I think it's kind of good for him because, uh, Trey Sermon's workload early in the season could save him to open up for those bigger games later down the stretch. I honestly don't see Trey Sermon cutting into his workload until he proves to be ineffective or injured. And from everything we've seen from the guy, he's not ineffective. And like we said, we're not basing guy. Everyone can get injured. Everyone can get injured. Look at baseball. Like these guys get hurt putting their shirts on in the morning. They don't really get hurt that way. It's a lie. Um, yeah, that means they, it's some injury from getting drunk the night before. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we went um, Mostert there. And, and, then it, and then it came back to us. Now, I had well, to really sell this next pick. Well, here's the thing that really sold it was you wanted to get this guy instead of Mostert. Yeah. And it was um, like, hey, if we'll go with Mostert, but if this guy is there on the flip around, we got to take him. Like. Yeah. And this is what you so this I, is what I, you work the DJ Shark juju on the Yes, it is cuz I was like, "Oh, I hope no one takes DJ Shark from us and he went the pick before us and we didn't want DJ Shark." <laughs> and no one could hear what we were saying but each other. So, haha. <laughs> um but we went with Damian Harris, um kind of in the Raheem Mostert school of thought. This is the guy who's going to have the first chance at the job. And I think this guy should be good early in the season for 15, 20 points a game. But more importantly, he's a good running he's a good running back. And he's yeah. uh, Damian Harris. I think we, we said the name, right? Uh, yeah. he, can, he can catch the ball. But the thing that really sold me on him and that really got me high on him the last couple of weeks, especially in best balls, is if they're saying it's a straight open competition at quarterback between Mac Jones and uh, – Cam Newton, that means Mac Jones is going to be the starter by week five, okay? And with with knowing that, all of a sudden, all those Cam Newton goal line touchdown runs that go off the board, and this guy could, even if he only gets half that workload, that makes him a, that, to me, that shoots him up at like to being like, instead of an eighth round running back, like a third round running back. So I wanted Antonio Brown there. And my only – the question I had for Scott was, have you ever owned a Belichick running back? <laughs> and I have. Because it, it is infuriating to have a Belichick running back because your guy will go off for 40 points one week. What was that dude's name 
who was like the stand-up comedian, went for 40 points and then was cut from the team because he was five <laughs> minutes late to the bus on the Tuesday after having like a five-touchdown game. Yeah. Everyone who plays fantasy knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, whatever. Name's not important. But that's what <laughs> drives you crazy. It's like, oh, dude broke out. He's going to go off. And then they're like, well, based on the matchups next week, we have a better statistical advantage if we play this guy instead of that guy. And I don't care what I saw. And I don't even know nothing about fantasy. And I wear hoodies all the time. I still think the greatest moment in NFL history is, like, I think it was the Patriots-Rams Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, or Patriots-Eagles. But when uh, someone at Media Week like was doing, like, a campy voice, was like, oh, Bill Belichick. Have you seen Boss Baby? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, he did the look on his face. He was so angry. Like, that question pissed him off more than, like, asking who the ba- the nickelback's going to be on against the spread formation or whatever. And you like, know what? You, you would think the way, like, he's so smart about the NFL that when people <laughs> try to ask smart NFL questions, he's just like, you don't know how stupid you sound to me. You think you'd like that boss baby question. I don't know if you knew this, Scott, but <laughs> so uh, Chris Sims used to work uh, for the Patriots front office. And they said that he, there's a story that one day they just hear Belichick busting up laughing in his office, like belly laughing uncontrollable to the point where they're like, who went into Bill's office? I didn't Bill. And he was listening to the Jerky Boys. <laughs> dude, I mean, yeah, I've heard he has a great sense of humor, dude. Like, <laughs> dude, that's so, so funny, dude. Like, yeah. So, like, it kind of changes the way you see him of, like, I mean, dude, if you've ever heard, if you haven't heard the Jerky Boys millennials, go check them out and you'll realize how funny that really is. Yeah, dude. It's Frank Rizzo here. I'm Frank Rizzo. It's not highbrow comedy, man. (laughs) I would not even listen to like vaudeville guys or some shit. You know, Egyptian magicians. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, he's probably listening on tape cassette too. Like, I don't even think they transferred those to CD. I should send him a cassette of my album, The Misadventures of (laughs) Frequency Four. Available anywhere you can download music, by the way. So go check that out on Spotify or YouTube. Guys, it's free there. Um, So Antonio Brown ended up going two picks later. Uh, We knew he was not coming back to us because we had another long break of 20 picks. And to be noted, in this run of 20 picks, only four receivers went, and there was a heavy running back run. Well, yeah, that quarterback quarterback run that happened with Wilson, Hurts, Rodgers, Burroughs. Like, dude, like – yeah. And the fact that I can't believe Jalen Hurts was drafted over Aaron Rodgers. Okay, like, let's really fucking break that one down real quick because that is mind-blowing to me. I get it. He's got rushing upside, and he could could end up being quarterback for the season. Aaron Rodgers is coming off a fucking MVP season. I know he's not going to throw 48 touchdowns again, most likely. But, dear God, this guy did something for four games as a rookie – and people are willing to like if you. If I, if, that's why I'm glad we had Kyler Murray early, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, here's the thing: Jalen Hurts could finish the year as a top five fantasy quarterback. He could also start zero and three and not have a job. Yeah, <laughs> he could literally be in a fucking unemployment line. That is before. that is real speak, dude. Real speak because Philly fan, they're not really. You could tell they're not really sold on him, dude. They're yeah, not really, 
they were looking at at quarterbacks in the draft. Like yeah. they were kind of Justin Fields. Maybe we get Justin Fields. Like they were they were there for that for that talk because they didn't believe in Jalen Hurts. And Philly fans are not kind to people who lose. They're yeah. not kind to people who win. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, like, I, I don't know. When I look at that, like, Joe Burrow, I can maybe make the argument over uh, Rodgers there or just the upside of, like, that those three receivers of Higgins, Boyd, and Jamar Chase. And the, they went out and drafted his stud receiver from college, you know, like, that he helped that helped them win a Heisman. Like, I get that. I, I, can, I can be talked into that a little. But to me, Rodgers, man, it's like, dude. like he just he's won a, MVP. Yeah, he, he just, just, won, he just the won the fucking MVP. Like, like I, I don't want to hear. Oh, he's losing his touch right now. <laughs> and like, and if he goes to Denver, let's say, okay, like we possibly, that could be a much better situation for him than he was in the Green Bay. Like he yeah. could have that fucking that that Tom Brady in Tampa fucking mentality of fuck you, pay me. I'm gonna fucking stick it up their ass. Like that's the thing with with Aaron Rodgers. A lot of the Packers you talk about, they're like, if Rodgers doesn't go there, you're screwed. The only way you're screwed with Rodgers is if he retires from football. Which yeah. is an option, but most likely he's playing somewhere next year, and he's going to be amazing wherever he is. Now, he might sit out the first two weeks. There's a possibility yeah. of that. Um, yeah. And, so but, that, that's, where you, that's where you're worried. But, like, he's shown he could do it with zero threats on offense for the Packers over the years. So it's not like you're like, well, he, he better go to that Tampa situation where they got a Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. You know, you don't need all that. He doesn't need all that. No, yeah, like literally, if he just went to the Green Bay, where it's like Cortland Sutton would be a, an equal replacement of Devontae Adams, then like Jerry Judy's better than any number two in Green Bay. I think if you look at it, the Packers have the worst wide receiving core in football. Overall. Yeah, like like overall, like like one through eight or whatever. Like, so he could go to any team, and it's gonna be like he goes to the Broncos. You got Sutton, you got well, Jerry Judy. Like look at Noah Fant there too in Denver. Noah Fant, yeah, like, like dude, he's never had an like an athletic matchup nightmare at tight end that like that before. Like that's gonna that would be a huge upgrade for him. Like, I mean, go through it in your own head, folks at home. But there's not gonna be a a core of talent around him that's gonna be worse than what he has with the Packers. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, maybe uh, the Jets. <laughs> I don't know. Like, look at the Jets. You got Crowder. Jameson Crowder. Um, uh, you know, Elijah Moore is making a lot of noise out of here. Mims, like, that guy tore it up out of nowhere last year. They don't have the clear top dog in Adams, but, like, when you average it out amongst the fact that it's, you know, Valdez scantling. The only and, guy Rodgers really has going for him on that Green Bay offense is Aaron Jones. Yeah, and Devontae Adams. Yeah, Devontae Adams, yeah. So, okay, there was a long break here, like we were saying, and it came back to us. And um, at this point, we're starting to get into the real iffy running range, and the guys after that are going to be flyers you take late. We had three running backs, three receivers, a tight end, and a quarterback. So, really, it was kind of like a best available type thing. And it's funny, in this round here, uh, we're, we're on the ninth round, right? Yes. Uh, it's funny how, if you look uh both Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones from um, the, the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks go just a few picks apart here. And to me, that's just such a nightmare situation. I don't want to be ever be on either side of something like that where two teammates are getting picked that many picks apart at the same position. 
Because it's really you, you and the other guy are playing like a fucking re- Reservoir Dogs duel against each other. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of the same thing with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, where like guys are like they're playing that game of like once one goes, the other guy goes. Well, I think the other. Ha ha! I'm gonna draft him right after. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, touche, sir. I challenge. I accept your challenge to a duel. Like, you, sir, are a moron, money trees. <laughs> you drafted Fournette. I will take your Ronald Jones and shove it up your ass. Um, and we so, do. We are on the side of uh, one of our fundamental things. If you're ever in a league with us, one thing you'll notice, Brett and I love doing is when there is a positional debate within a team. Always target the guy who's the second, considered to be the second place guy, because you'll always get him like a couple rounds or picks later, a few picks later or whatever. You you can kind of play it out a little bit better that way. So we end up going with Scott's homer pick and Kenyon Drake of the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> yeah, Do we and know how I'll, big of a Raiders fan I am. Dude, I, let me. I'm gonna explain why. I, gotta, I have um, two Darth Vader masks. That's how big of a Raiders fan I am. <laughs> the guy has breakaway speed. The guy was a number two fantasy draft pick last year. I mean, second round, not number two. Second round fantasy draft pick last year. Um, Gruden got him for a reason. Yeah, this breakaway is breakaway speed. He catches passes. I think uh, in these the, rounds, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think in these rounds right here, you really need to follow the money. Like, who are the guys that were brought in on a free agent deal to do something that they didn't? They were lacking. You know, like yeah. And there's a few guys where. Like, people are like, oh, you got a handcuff to a guy you don't even have. You got a bat. The way the Raiders – the Raiders went really running – like, they wanted Josh Jacobs to get as much work as possible. Even still, he only got, like, 60% of the snaps. Dude, think about and, this. That's almost a it's, – it's also like an insurance premium in a weird way with Darren Waller, where he could see some goal line fucking receiving touches down there. And if we have so he, him in a flex spot in certain weeks, dude, and like a weird Raiders stack with the, those two guys – we could be looking at, you know, 40, 50 combined points with Waller, you know, like. Yeah. And here's the other thing is, like, if you, I had Josh Jacobs last year, and I'd watch these Raider games, and I'm like, why is Washington in the game? Why isn't Jacobs in the game? What's going on? Why is Richards in the game? Like, yeah, what is I, going I had him, too, last year, dude, and it was goddamn infuriating. So. Those guys got a lot of work, and they sucked. And so you never thought of their, their being fantasy value past one running back in yeah, even even if fucking like Josh Jacobs does hold his value as a legit running back to this season, let's say, um, I think Kenny Drake's still a solid flex option week in week out. He yeah he if Josh Jacobs never gets hurt, Drake has value. And here's the other thing, Drake's gonna like his last year in Miami, he blew up because he had top end speed, fresh legs on a defense that's tired. And so all he needed to do is get, make one guy miss, and, and he's going the, to the house. Raiders' O-line is much better than the Dolphins' O-line. It's way better. And here's the thing is, you're telling me that Josh Jacobs might get the first four series of the game, and then after they've pounded him for a good, like, ten carries, you're going to bring in fresh Kenyon Drake legs to face them on that fourth, fifth drive? Yeah, like, he he might be that high like efficiency guy where yeah he's only on the field 30 percent of the time but he's getting seven yards per carry yep yep totally like uh all right so yeah this is I, I felt like that was a very very strong pick there for us so like and yeah. we we have it bounced back to us right away and, and what happens right there too melvin gordon and aj Dillon 
go right after that. So that's a run of four running backs in a row that are all in a potential, like, either they're kind of depending on a guy getting hurt or – because, like, hey, Ronald Jones, okay, I, I kind of like him, but Melvin Gordon – you don't draft Javante Williams and not have Melvin Gordon being a number two, number three back on your depth chart by week seven. Melvin Gordon is a guy that the Broncos would love to never play if they could. Yeah, I mean... With the money they invested in him and the way the roster is, but you don't want a guy that the team hates. Yeah. (laughs) Like, last year, the only reason they played him is because they hated Philip Lindsay more. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, so it bounces back to us after that. Jarvis Landry goes, I was kind of high on him there because uh, that's one of those situations of there's the guy on the same team. There's the 1A, one, one, one 1B. One the 1A in uh, um, Odell Beckham went way before. You know, he went the sixth round. So you're telling me four rounds later you're going to give me a guy on the, on that team that's basically going to give me the same production? Like I, I, that's <clears throat> Gruden loves running the football. No matter what. He's old school guy. No, no one believes in Josh Jacobs. No, I was they talking have about Kenyon Drake. We're on a Jarvis Landry. Oh, we are? Yeah. Wait. Because I was saying how Jarvis Landry just went right after. Oh, oh okay. Like, that, that, oh, was, yeah, that yeah. was the guy we were eyeballing possibly. That is the today. guy we were looking at, yeah. And so we went him. But then uh, Evan Ingram goes, which I wasn't really too high on. I, I mean, I think he will get a lot of touches in the Giants. I'm just not sold on anything that have to do with the Giants' offense this year. I think Daniel Jones is a catastrophe, and uh, you can take that to the bank, Ryan Kramer. <laughs> um, but, dude, the, the guy we end up do taking here, uh, who I think could end up being an absolute steal here, is Gerald Everett. So we get our second tight end, because I do think we did, did need to get in on this range of tight ends here. Whenever you have a defensive-minded, um, I guess Pete Carroll, I consider him defensive-minded. That could be up to debate. But when you see someone in division and you go after them, it's because you see a matchup nightmare on tape. It's because yeah. you see a guy that you're struggling working with, and you're like, man, I wish we had a guy like that. Oh, shit, he's available. Let's get him. And so the Rams kind of got stuck in that they paid their top guys a lot of money, and you can't keep a Higby and Everett both forever. And Everett's contract came up first. So they didn't want to get rid of him, but he had to go. And what makes me nervous is Seattle's never properly utilized a tight end, even back to when they got um, hated Jimmy Graham from the Saints over there, and yeah. he did nothing for them. I, but, I, I had him in fantasy that year because I was thinking, oh, they finally got a tight end. But, see, I invested a high pick in that. Tenth-round pick here, I'm totally fine taking a flyer on a seat because this could end up being a – we could end up getting like a top ten, top fifteen tight end here, and he's really a guy that we're going to play during Waller's bye week, week eight, and potentially at a flex if he does break out like he has the potential to do. Yeah. So yeah. So we both felt good about that, and uh, we knew there was still a lot of. Re- at this point, we had four running backs, three receivers, quarterback, and a tight end. So we kind of just could do whatever we wanted we weren't we didn't have positional needs it was uh but we realized if we didn't get a second tight end there we're taking a real long shot after that yeah and so we wanted another tight end because first round pick first pick overall as a tight end you want a little bit of coverage for yourself a little sunscreen 
keep yourself from getting burnt. <laughs> so Gerald Everett is a guy who knows a lot about sunscreen, I'm guessing, and so we went with him. Yeah, that's why he went to Seattle. He knows so much about sunscreen, he had to go to a place that doesn't have much sun. That was my he's super white joke. Um, so, yeah, so then after Gerald Everett, um, the we have 20 picks before our next pick, and of note, Tom Brady went here in the 10th round, and that – that is a great place to get Tom Brady. Yeah. Had we not got in on the Kyler Murray, um, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen there in the fifth, um, we were really looking at like a Ryan Tannehill, Tom Brady in the ninth um, to kind of guarantee we got someone pretty good. And the fact that Stafford ended up going before Tannehill is really surprising. Yeah, I was just looking at that because Tannehill gives you a little bit of rushing upside that you're not getting with Stafford. And I would say that he's equal, if not better, as a passer. Whereas Brady's clearly the best passer of the three. Yeah. But Stafford was the last pick of the 10th round, and then Tannehill was the ninth pick of the 11th round. 11th round. So they went nine apart, but uh, I I feel like that's – I feel like the guy we got in the 12th round – Outscores both of them. So. Probably. And so but let's not skip uh, this next guy we got. Well, we got Henry Ruggs. Another Homer one of, pick. Another one of my Las Vegas <laughs> Raiders. Uh, so if you're counting at home, that's three Las Vegas Raiders to Las Vegas Scott Bowser. Yeah. These are all guys you kind of sold me on. Oh, we were agree Waller. But. Okay, so here <laughs> here's my little take on Henry Ruggs in that. No, I was high on him too, though. So. So. Last year, as a rookie wide receiver, Justin Jefferson did a lot of amazing things. One of them is he was breaking out in the first month with no mini camps or training camp, really, to speak of. Um, and yeah, the COVID year, that's a. If you look at all wide receivers, they struggled. Ruggs had a lot of injury problems, and the thing is, is he's a burner. And so what they ended up doing is being like, okay, this guy can't really cut right now. But he can run deep every single play and be a decoy because if they ever stop covering him, we could throw it to him and we could burn them. So that was his role last year. They didn't draft him to play that role. They drafted him to be that guy that you're giving screens to, that guy you're, you're throwing slants to, that guy that you're giving the ball close to the line of scrimmage, letting him make a play. Yeah, like running and, the stick route and stuff like that. Like. And go deep. He couldn't do those other things because he had some injuries, and so all he ended up being was a I-go-deep guy. And John Gruden, maybe it's because he was in the media, or maybe it's because he just is a good person or is a bad liar. He doesn't really lie. <laughs> a good person or a bad liar. Like, you're either one or the other, guy. One or the other. But uh, maybe he, he's still banking on those media jobs after this Raider thing doesn't work out for him, and so he doesn't want to lie to the media. But um, – so he, two years ago, was like, dude, Darren Waller, this guy's going to tear it up for us. We're going to feed him all the time. They did. He did. And he broke out. Last year, he's like, Josh Jacobs, we need to get him the ball more. They did. The team wasn't great. They were game scripted out of giving him the ball a lot of times. But he did get more usage. He just didn't do a lot with it. This year, all his talk as of July 10th in the year of our Lord, 2021, has been about rugs we need to get him the ball. This guy can do everything. We need to, you know, spider wide two banana him all over the place. And I think spider wide two banana. That's a deep <laughs> cut, Gruden. 
you 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 batted out heads out there really know that should know that play like. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, so that's what they're doing with Rugs. Uh, again, this is our fourth wide receiver and a guy who. If he breaks out, he's still most likely the number one receiver on the team going into the season. So just yeah. workload volume wise, we're getting a bargain on getting a guy who's a poten- just going to be the number one target guy most likely. Outside, I, of- I'm not a glory holder. I'm not an ag holder. So, <laughs> I mean, okay, okay, I should say he's the number one wide receiver target, but Darren Waller will get the most targets on the team. But guess what? We already yeah. fucking have him. So the one yeah. guy who's the biggest threat to take his stuff, we have him too. Like, well, and also right now, if you're a defensive coordinator, who are you trying to stop in the passing game? It's going to be Waller. Um, difficult to do because they tried to do that all last year and couldn't. But it's going to just open things up more for um, Rugs. Yeah, cause, I mean, we could be looking at between those two guys getting 25 uh, targets a game there. Rugs, I, I think, finishes a top 24 wide receiver if things go the way I see it. And he has potential to be a top 10 guy. So yeah, I mean, so and that's our eleventh round pick, dude. You got because I, I think the Raiders are going to be down a lot. They're going to have to throw. Yeah. They're going to have to, and the, he could be like a garbage time master. And he's another zone. Uh, I mean, a dome guy, you know. So I mean, yeah. Like, uh, all right. So then, uh, then we get the guy that Brett was very high on. That we took a fucking. Uh, we don't know if he's going to be starting, but once again, you got to take insurance when you have. Uh, a quarterback that like we do in Kyler Murray that we took early. So we took Trey Lance, rookie quarterback uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. Brett, if as of now, I knew he was a starter week one. Um, he would be drafted about six quarterbacks earlier. Dude, I yeah, think. I mean, you're right, dude. If he blows up in preseason. If he's and, just, and we don't need him week one. No. If he ends up playing by week 12 when Kyler Murray has a bye week, you know, that's when we need him. Yep, and that's that's all we're looking for out of him, really, because we didn't take another as, quarterback. Like, and as Scott said last night, um, our best and worst case scenario here is that, like, so they have a bye week, week six. I don't see there's any way he's not the starter week seven. Yeah, you know, but um, probably maybe even before that. But w- best worst case scenario is we end up he ends up tearing it up. Being this, remember RG three with Shanahan the first year where he just wrote a whole new offense to utilize yeah, that guy's yeah, skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Shanahan is, is he's not going to be like okay, run this Garoppolo offense. No, he's he's going to give him a whole new offense. Um, and this guy could be like a top five guy. Um, yeah. So once, we're, from the time he gets yeah, in there, our, our best worst case scenario there is. We have two Sophie's top choice. five quarterbacks, and it's Sophie's choice for us every week, dude. Yeah, and that's not a bad situation to be in. Like, it's it's really not when you're talking about. Yeah, you're not trying to decide between the number two score of the week or the number four score of the week. You know, um, that's what we're looking at there. And so we went Trey Lance, and so now we have two tight ends. And I, I do, I haven't. Invested in Trey Lance in some best ball drafts where I've stacked him with like Debo Samuel and like Moser, or you know, like or that could be a really interesting stack in best ball late in the season, dude. <laughs> like, where I'm just, yeah. I'm just racking up points out of those guys. Like, so now we're at a point in the draft where everyone comes with risk, but what we don't want to do is we don't want to draft. A guy like Bateman, 
who we know could be good at some point in the year, and so you just hold on to him with those, you know, diamond hands. Like, yeah. I can't let him go. I can't let him go because he's going to break out the week. I let why, him go. He's a rookie wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens that I believe they traded up to get. And it's like, so you know they're yeah. going to use him, but when's his breakout week going to happen? Because if you're sitting there waiting until week 13, you're already in the fucking playoffs in this thing. <laughs> and you're most likely forced to drop him before then anyways because you can't just hold roster spots all year. You yeah. don't, when you get a free agent, you got to drop somebody. And in this league, we we can't trade with our fellow people. We can only play the waiver wire, which is a, a, a FOB league. Oh, I got the FOB. It's so, a, free yeah. agent, a free agent auction bid, which means uh, everybody on there, like, we can put a free agent bid in. So, like, we're already thinking of our strategy on that of, like, well, if we put a thing in on this guy in week two, if the guy in front of him gets hurt in week six, if we already had the cheapest hit or, you know, kind of thing, like we just manipulated the market. It's like now we're playing the stock market on any guy that we don't draft. So, so guy, well, besides getting a defense and a kicker, we realized all these guys here, we wanted guys where within the first week or two, we realize what their role on the offense is going to be. And drafting so early, we might have a better idea of this stuff even by training camp and um, preseason. Yeah, because, I mean, I've talked to a few people. They're like, I can't believe you guys drafted so early. I was like, well, we got a free uh, best ball for doing this. So that made it worth it. And here's the other thing. We didn't draft July 9th, and the rest of the league drafted August 23rd. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like we're all in this boat together. (laughs) Like, the entire league drafts at the same time. So... It's not, we're not at a disadvantage because it's early. We're all we're all in the same boat, and really, like, dude, like training camp could work in our favor beyond all belief. Where like all of a sudden, like Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott all drop of injuries, and sitting here like, well, Damian Harris looks really good now. <laughs> like, yeah. So we ended up going with Damian Williams, uh, running back for the Bears, and and this is a good example of a guy who we've seen fucking do it before. We know he has the talent. Um, we also know that he knows this the system that they want to run there. Yep. And we know that um, Montgomery had like four or five good games at the end of last year. And, but and, and Montgomery's they were so value, excited. They were so excited about that they went out and spent their free agent money on a running back. And for people that think Tariq Cohen's going to play a factor in his touches, I don't think so. I think Damian no. Williams plays a factor in a treat Cohen such as. Cohen is what Cohen is. He's uh, like a gadget guy. Yeah. And he's never going to be more than that. If um, if Montgomery gets hurt, Cohen's not the starter, even if he's listed as number two on the depth chart. He's listed as number two because he's more of a third down guy, um, put in a slot kind of guy. Um, really, though, Cohen had his flash in the pan, like big runs, and he – you know what he is. He's McCole Hardman at running back. Like, yeah. Yeah. he does enough to get you excited of what could be, but then you kind of realize when he gets the chances, nothing can be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, he's a good kick returner, but... But early on, you know, they, they start running the ball with Montgomery 80% of the time, and we're getting five carries for Damian Williams, and Tariq Cohen gets the rest. Uh, we know we can drop him and pick up someone else um, that, you know, got a bigger role of injury or a bigger role than people expected uh, at draft time. Yeah. I, but I, but he could be in a 50-50 timeshare with David Montgomery, who went in, what, the third round here? Yeah, something like that. So it's like all of that, that would make him like an eighth round, ninth round value minimum at that point. 
And yeah, so we're, so we're getting in for pennies on the dollar. Like, it's not outside the realm of of scenarios that he's the starter. And I I really do feel like this range of running backs, and we'll see how you'll see the next running backs we draft. But this is the range where you got to be looking at this guy's an injury away from being a monster in week nine. And he also he just might win the job without injury. Yeah. By the time the season starts. Yeah, he could. Yeah, you're right. He could just flat out be the guy week one, and we look like geniuses for drafting where we did. Yeah, they've been disappointed with Montgomery since they got him. But at, um, at the it, same time, we're not expecting him to do much other than occupy a bench spot and hopefully he catches fire. He, and if he's it, a guy where within week two of the season, we'll know what we have in him. Yep. It's, it's a handcuff that has no value until Montgomery gets hurt, or it's a guy we could start or flex each week. Yep. And that's what you want with these late picks. You want guys that you know, you know, you're not holding on to them all season. We're not gonna after week two if he has like seven carries, we're dropping him. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, he's gone. <laughs> yeah. There's other guys we can take. Okay. Uh, you just get start moving because I need to get to the Italian market to go shopping because I'm making a, a Sunday sauce tomorrow with sweet and spicy sausage. So. Okay. We'll zip through the end of this then. Okay. And then on the way back, this is where we go kind of against what we said. And this is the one area I would kind of do a handcuff type situation because who the fuck knows what Belichick's doing besides listening to the jerky boys. <laughs> um, so we got Ramondre Stevenson who James White, again, has his role. If Damian Harris gets hurt or sucks, that's the guy who's going to take over that starting Ramondre spot. Ramondre Stevens is a 250-pound guy with hands. Belichick will figure out a way to use him somehow. And he, he could just end up being a professional poacher, where all he does is come in for four carries a game that are all on the goal line. <laughs> and once once Mac Jones is in, he's going to be the guy who gets all the rushing touchdowns. And remember, LeGarrette Blunt a few years ago had 20 rushing touchdowns for the Patriots. They want to play defense, and they want to beat you up. And be and a 250-pound running back with hands is the guy who's going to beat you up, be bigger than you. He's going to wear your defense's legs down. So in the fourth quarter, if they need to pass the ball to come back, you have no pass rush. Yeah, I mean, but this is a... Hey, handcuffing our eighth. Hey, if you're, what, I, I like the fact that we were just in a position to be like, hey, let's handcuff our eighth round pick with a guy in who could be in the 14th. In the 14th, yeah. Like, so he's a guy you don't feel dumb holding on to for a late season breakout because he's your handcuff. The stars aligned for that one, so that's why we went there. Um, now the next um, three, now, the, got, the next pick we did, uh, I really love because it's a straight up stack with our man Kyler Murray. And that's Christian Kirk. Uh, a lot of people have been breaking, waiting for his big breakout. But let's just say this is what we have with him. And I like his floor. He's a guy that we're looking at as maybe a flex two or a bye week guy. But we have him tied to our big QB. You know, and I think it's nice having that. <clears throat> Arizona runs the most four wide receiver sets in the league by a long shot. Well, you know DeAndre Hopkins is going to be the man there. Yeah, I think um, Fitzgerald had like 80 targets last year, and he's gone. And everyone's like, oh, they brought in old-ass A.J. Green to take those targets. No, Christian Kirk is taking those Fitzgerald targets, and A.J. Green's taking the Christian Kirk targets. Yeah, That's the way that's working out. And he's young. He's explosive. He played with Murray in, in college. college. Yeah, I, I, that's not overlooked that fact. Like, And so, again, you know, we'll know what we have with him early in the season. If he's barely on the field and he has three catches a game over the first two games, 
we feel comfortable cutting him and picking up someone else. But he could be a viable wide receiver three on this season, which is fine because he's our fifth fucking wide receiver, dude. Like, <laughs> And he could be that guy who's getting like six catches a game early on and and he's – you know, like he's blowing up. He he's a guy who could blow up, could be nothing. We'll know early on what his range of outcomes is. So we grabbed him. So, Same and, with and the next guy. On, uh, next guy. I I really like this one because once again, I like I was saying earlier, uh, in these level of draft picks, it's good to follow the money. If a team goes out to spend on a guy, uh, and they're still available late in the draft, it's worth taking him because they didn't fucking go out and give them whatever percentage of their salary cap to not use them. Like, yeah. Sammy Watkins, the guy was a number seven overall pick in the NFL draft because he has extreme talent. He is a lizard person. Um, <laughs> just like he, just like the late great Donald Rumsfeld. <laughs> he truly believes he is a lizard person. So <laughs> I, I don't know how I'll do in Baltimore cold, but that's besides the point. But again, Sammy Watkins. They wanted to give um, – And Bateman, they drafted him to potentially be a number one. But they also Mark, signed Watkins to pos- probably, be the, probably be the number one. So they, they Boyd, drafted one to possibly be. They drafted – they signed another to probably be. I'd, I'd rather be on the probably than possibly side of that debate. Hollywood Brown works best in the slot, and he can't be the main guy. He has yeah. to be a guy that – He has you, to be your third guy, pretty much. Yes. Like, um, Mark Andrews – uh, gets a lot of red zone looks and a lot of third down looks because they had nobody else. That was why. Uh, Boykins sucks. They know that. They've given up on Boykins. Hence, they go out and get Sammy Watkins. Willie Sneed, you're a good team if he's your fifth best receiver. And so um, when you're looking at it, they want Bateman to evolve. But right now, the and it's funny because Bateman one, went the pick right before him. Yeah, and the I, number one target share guy I'm expecting coming into the year is Sammy Watkins. And if I'm wrong, we could just cut him. Yeah, it's a 16th round pick. But, yeah, we're looking at a guy like Christian Kirk, probably not. But with Ruggs and Watkins, we got two receivers in the 11th and 16th there that are possibly going to get number one wide receiver target shares, which I you cannot complain for just value on those rounds. Uh, and so normally we would go kicker and defense with our last two picks in the draft. But as we were looking at it, I was talking to him. I told Scott, I'm like, hey, with the guys we want with our positional picks in the last two picks, they're going to be there in the 17th and 18th. So might as well get our pick of the litter by getting um, – Yeah, let's start the run on defenses basically and kickers. Yeah. Right. And so the defenses that were taken ahead of us was the Rams, the Redskins. Yeah, the, the Rams, Rams went in the 12th round. So. Yeah, and then the Redskins went in the 14th round, which or, or the Washington football faggots. <laughs> yeah, so I should probably with, bleep that out. Nah, fuck it. <laughs> end, end of the 16th. It started the run of defenses. And like you said, you never want to be at the end of a run, but Sammy Watkins was worth it. Um, so it went Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, New England, Baltimore, Cleveland. And so when it got to us, we went Miami because they got some ball hawk corners. They forced um, turnovers. They forced two turnovers in like the first quarter against Patrick Mahomes last year. Yeah. <laughs> I, and that defense has got – they put a lot of – draft equity into that defense their coach knows how to coach a top tier defense turnover machine defense and when you have that many turnovers coming out even if there's the regression there there could be like a, a quote-unquote i hate using this term because i hear it on fantasy shows and they sound so super but the, even if they get less turnovers there could be pro- positive regression there 
because if just the right percentage of those go for turn for touchdowns, we're looking like geniuses, you know, like. And they play the Jets twice in what would be our 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 league's um, championship uh, weeks before the the big five hundred thousand championship. Yeah, that, that, I mean that's huge. Yeah, like the Jets. They play the Jets twice. Yes, those Jets. The, the New York Jets, yes. <laughs> not the Winnipeg Jets of the National Hockey League. Not the a New- Boeing, like uh, actual football team Jets. Yeah, they suck. You guys know them. Uh, but no, also, we're drafting a defense in the 17th fucking round. We're not married to these guys. If something yeah. better comes on, we, we we jump on it the second we can. Like It's no big deal. And so we were kind of eyeballing Moali Cox. Um and he went right before, so that took it out. And we decided, well, we're just going to get a kicker. And it came down to Young Ho Koo because he has a Young Ho Koo name. Well, and, yeah, uh, and like we normally I would take a third quarterback and a third tight end in a lot of these drafts. But I'm usually when I'm doing these, I'm kind of drafting those positions in bulk later because I'm not getting the top tier guys at the top. We got a top tier tight end. We top got a top tier quarterback. So we're not picking anything else up at those positions unless there's an injury because those guys are going to be our starters every fucking week there. Like that, that's just yep. it. Yep, and so we ended up going with Rodrigo Blankenship, which is maybe the best name in the league. Yeah, because um, we're on a rocket ship to success, so we're going to take that Blankenship on our <laughs> rocket ship. <laughs> um, the dude has funny glasses. He has kicks funny glasses. In a dome. Yeah, he kick, and but that's the most important thing you said there: kicks in a dome. Uh, we've talked about how much we love guys that play in a dome because you don't have the weather impacting you, but a kicker in the dome. Thank you, God, and also. The road games within the division he plays are in Tennessee, in Houston, in Jacksonville. So I, I just think there's a lot of chance for points there. Like Great defense, uh, great O-line and running game. When you're kind of working with that kind of mentality as a coach, you're down to kick field goals and take points anytime you have a chance. Yeah. Um, Young Ho Koo being on the Falcons, they have no defense. They're going to be down 14 points more often than they're going to be up 14 points. So they might not be as willing to kick on a fourth and one uh, 50-yard field goal as the uh, um, Colts will. So yeah. we went blank and chip, and it's a kicker. We don't think too much about it past. He has a cool name in glasses. <laughs> yeah. and, and, we got our, and we got our kicker and defense off the board, I think, at the proper value for what we got. Because we didn't want to go yeah. bargain base. When you look at the way this draft played out, where I want to say there was a run on those, but eh, you don't want to really want to go bargain basement after those guys. I don't know. That's just me. And so then you start. So then this next guy wasn't even on my – I did a lot of research leading up to this. He wasn't even on my radar at all until I started creeping around, who do we get, and I saw him, and McCool Hardman was a guy that everyone thought, once Watkins is gone, he's going to be that new super stud. you got to get off that Chiefs offense. But what kept happening is when Watkins was out, McCool Hardman's rolled in and changed. He's that – guy who can kind of do one thing go yeah, if anything like By- byron fast. pringle took that over. he did and so we ended up going with demarcus robinson because again we'll know early on what his role on that team is but if you're gonna take uh he's the wide receiver too on the team yeah because there's um, a chance we drop him for a, a backup at any other position you know but this yeah. is an extreme backup play for us i'm like dude he's a tyree kill injury away from like getting a shit ton of workload, I, he yeah. he might be the third receiving option on the Chiefs without any injuries. Yeah, Hill and Kelsey are one and two. 
Yeah, that's, we, that's, not, that's not changing at all. They said they want to throw to the running back more and Edwards Hilaire, so he's up in the he's probably gonna be the third target there. But as far as the number two wide receiver target, he has the best chance at it. Getting targets, that is. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and we got him in the nineteenth round. If he ends up being a guy who's barely on the field, barely getting looked at, he's the first guy we drop to pick up that backup running back because the starter got injured. Yeah, and yeah, it, it, it's a it's a nice play there. Yeah, like we're we're we're, we're we got to take shots at the, in these picks, and I think with our next pick, our final pick in the twentieth round, I think we definitely took a shot. This is a very well calculated shot. Also, it's the last pick of your draft. Like you shouldn't be overthinking it too much. But you should think about every goddamn pick you're doing in your draft. Like you, you should, you should not be phoning any of them in. And I think this one was a savvy play in Brian Hill for the Tennessee Titans. Now, he didn't have much of a role in Atlanta, but if you look at him coming into Tennessee here, like I talked about, Derrick Henry's uh, potential to break down because of his workload is insane. And so, if you look at the way that offense is built around a power running, yeah, they bring in Julio Jones and all that, but. They need a power running threat no matter what in that offense. And so Darrington Evans, who went in the 14th round, is not going to be that guy. He, Brian Hill is going to be the guy who gets the Derrick Henry touches if he goes out for an injury. Evans' role will not change based on Henry injury. Yes. His role is his role. They're, they're already talking about they're working him out at receiver. And yeah, stuff, he, he and spent, actually, yeah, I just heard that. He spent more time with the receivers so far, which is not good. Or running back production. <laughs> it's not. It doesn't show that they have any confidence in this guy taking over as the main running back on a team that's built on run, 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 play action. Run, run, power, run, power, play power, action. power, power. And what is Brian Hill? A big power guy. So he's going to replace the big power guy. And I, 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 dude, like, I would be willing to hang on to him here until like week eight because if that's yeah. when the Henry injury goes down, we're, you're looking at a guy with running back one value the next few weeks. The only way we drop Brian Hill is if Christian Kirk, Sammy Watkins, and Demarcus Robinson all have a much bigger role than anyone expected, and we need to pick somebody up, that's when Brian Hill gets dropped. But if Kirk, if Watkins, if Damian Williams, if these guys, like, oh, their role isn't what I thought, um, yeah. But, again, these are guys, uh, we kind of went against it there where week one and two, I don't expect to see much of him. He's a guy who's an injury away. Last pick of the draft in the 20th round. Guys who went in this round who play positions are Brian Edwards, wide receiver, Jared Dokes, running back. If you know who either of those guys are, they went to your college team. Um, they, we're talking like these are super flyers. And, again, it's worst-case scenario. you got to drop someone to pick up those hot free agents. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so, yeah, I, I'm proud of how we came out of this, dude. Uh, I think we look good. Uh, I mean, for, for crying out loud, Tua Tagovailoa went in the twentieth round. I wouldn't fuck him with B. Arthur's dick, dude. Yeah, like the, the you look at who went in the the only great pick I see in that last round was indie defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like that pick a lot because like they kind of remind me of they're like the poor man's Miami where they get enough turnovers to make it worthwhile. And with the indie defense, uh, you get that value of them playing the Jaguars twice, the Texans twice, but they get to, they have to play the Titans twice too, and that's a high octane offense. So, 
but at this time, you're talking like Jamison Crowder, Deshaun Jackson, Chris Evans. These are the kind of got talent that's going at the running back wide receiver position. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we got a guy who's potentially going to be that injury fill-in, which, I mean, hey, it's a, calcul- it's a calculated risk, but the risk is very, very low. It's not like we pulled the trigger on that in the 17th, 16th round or whatever. So, so I know Scott's got to get going. That Italian market's not going to beef itself. Um, <laughs> quick recap of our team. Quarterback, we got Kyler Murray and Trey Lance. Uh, running backs, we got Antonio Gibson, Raheem Mostert, Damian Harris, Kenyon Drake, um, Damian Williams, Ramondre Stevenson, Brian Williams. Brian Hill. Brian Hill. Good call. Um Brian Williams changed his name to Bison Daly and then <laughs> <laughs> disappeared at sea with his wife. <laughs> disappeared. Huh? <laughs> um, the uh, Then at wide receiver, this is the one position we have where I don't think the potential for our top guy is to be the number one overall at their position like we have with Antonio Gibson, Kyler Murray, and Darren Waller. But we got, like, five guys who could end up top 20 guys. We got Allen Robinson, Robert Woods, Cortland Sutton, Henry Ruggs, Christian Kirk, Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson. Like, I could easily see a world where Ruggs, Sutton, Woods, Robinson, and then one of those three guys being Watkins, Kirk, and uh, the other other Robinson, Demarcus, um, fall into that top 20. Yeah. So, well, and at that point, we're just looking for guys to drop in the top forty. And then we got the Blankenship, and we got Miami, and uh, that's our team. And then Darren Waller and Gerald Everett as our tight end. Oh yeah, Darren Waller, Gerald Everett. And Darren so, Waller. I mean, in this tight end premium scoring format, it, it's so nice that we can just sleep at night knowing, barring injury, we have an elite guy there. Yeah, I'm going to wake up Sunday morning calling Scott on Super Tilt about our Flex 2, about our RB2. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One thing we're never going to discuss is quarterback and tight who end. Do we, who do we start at tight end? Yeah, yeah. Who, who do we start at tight end? So just real quick, two years ago, Waller got 117 targets. He turned into 90 catches. Damn. 90 catches is like 135 catches at the receiver position based on the 1.5 scoring. Then last year, he turned 145 targets into 107 catches. Yeah, dude. It, like, it, it only has the potential to go up. <laughs> Their top receiver last year is now a New England Patriot. Yeah. So, so he, I'm saying his floor is 100 catches. We could, we could be looking at like a 120-catch, 1,600-yard, 15-touchdown season out of him. Which is just yeah. like, at that point, it would be really difficult for us to not win the thing. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't think this is going to happen. I don't wish, wish this on my man at all. But tight ends being the number one super stud getting drafted in the first round doesn't last forever. No. And Kelsey... Some guys did first round last year. Most guys did second or third. And this year, everyone's 100% convinced that he's the top guy no matter what. Here, here's the thing, and, too. Is Kelsey is very dependent on Patrick Mahomes staying healthy. You know? And, yeah. and I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes is going to get hurt, but it's like Darren Waller, whoever the, whoever the Raiders plug back there at quarterback, Darren Waller is going to be fucking Darren Waller. Like that. Darren Waller was very good with Marcus Mariota. Yes, yeah. that Marcus Mariota. Yeah, dude. Like, 
So, yeah, I, I really like what we walked away with here. When I look at some of these other teams, dude, uh, let's just make uh, – let's each pick uh, two teams to make fun of. Uh, you, go, you go first. Okay, I'm going to go with FB1, and they're starting and only who, quarterback. Who, who, Fat Big Guido 1? Yes, that's exactly who. Um, full balls guy. Uh, he has Carson Wentz as his only quarterback. Um, his tight end room, tight end premium, remember, Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram, Mo Alley-Cox. Um, his wide receivers, Traquan Smith, the DJ Chark, he fell for our trick. Um, <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders, Rashad Bateman, Juju Smith-Schuster, Amari Cooper, Stephon Diggs. Now, while Diggs is really good, he's not going to return. He, he was the third, or no, he was the second wide receiver drafted. He will not be the wide receiver, too. By the end of the year, yeah, you're drafting a guy who's not—he's not, not going to finish it for what you drafted him for. And cool. then his running backs: Melvin Gordon, Cream Hunt, Devin Singletary, Miles Gaskin, J.K. Dobbins, Darrington Evans, and Austin Eckler. You're starting Eckler and Hunt that first week, I guess. Dobbins—I don't—I'm not sold on Dobbins. I think Gus Edwards eats a lot of his stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't know why anyone buys into Dobbins. They're like, well, he's the pass catcher. Yeah, you're you're right, dude. Outside of Eckler, they don't. Outside of Eckler, seriously, you look at his running back room, and it's a bunch of guys that are probably going to get the short end of the stick in a in a work share situation. And Dobbins, it's like, oh, but he's the guy who's going to catch passes, not Gus. It's like they have Lamar Jackson. When the play breaks down, he doesn't check down to the running back because he's going to get more yards running it himself. This isn't like Philip Rivers who can't run and always just wants to check down. Like, think about it. Use your nagging. Okay, so the team I want to make fun of here is uh, what is it? Money tea bag? I can't, I can't fucking even see. It's my my screen's uh, small right now. Hold on, I'll, I'll widen it up. Money trees. Okay, um, money tea bag's a better name. That guy's an asshole. Or even thinking of that. <laughs> um, Travis Kelsey first round, right? And he goes Nick Chubb second round, which I can get on board with Nick Chubb as a late second round pick there. That, that, that's a, I'm okay with that. And A.J. Brown is a third round pick. I'm okay with that too. Like, But here's the problem. Then he goes Cooper Cup, Travis Etienne. Like, he, his running backs are Chubb. After that, it's Etienne, Fournette, Philip Lindsay, Chuba Hubbard, which is one of my favorite names in this draft. Uh, and Elijah, Elijah Mitchell and Jared Dokes. There's not a lot of confidence in that room, dude. A Chubb injury or Kareem Hunt going ham, dude, that room is fucked as far as I'm concerned. Because ETN is another guy who's – hey, James Robinson is the guy I'd much rather have in that backfield because he proved it already last year. They're already talking with Chubb. They're going to ease him into the season too. So yeah, week yeah. one, you're going to be disappointed with Chubb. Yeah, so you're really banking on Travis Kelsey and A.J. Brown to go off for you every week. Like Brandon Ayuk – Chase Claypool, like Chase Claypool in the seventh. I like. I'm a Steelers fan. I love Chase Claypool, but he's one of those guys that's going to be really frustrating to own in fantasy outside of best ball because you don't know the week he's going to have two points or fucking thirty two points. And good luck if if you can predict that weekend. We we got you're a millionaire already, and you're probably not listening to my pathetic show. So another team I want to just point out real quick because the top five picks when I name them here are going to be like, dude, those guys are all great. Alvin Kamara, DK Metcalf, Patrick Mahomes, Mark Andrews, Tyler Lockett. You're like, dude, those guys are all great. What's bad about that team? Okay, well, here's what's wrong with that team. You got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So you got two receivers on a team that wants to be run heavy 
and you're banking on. I know that they took DK Metcalf when Justin Jefferson, Terry McLaurin, Michael Thomas, AJ Brown are all there. I, I, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson. I'd rather have all those guys over DK Metcalf. Very true. And then you take Mark Andrews, who was the number three scoring tight end last year. Yeah, but how much does Sammy Watkins t- play into his touchdown load? You know, like he's very well, he's touch touchdown de- he's touchdown dependent. Yep. And that's not where you're getting a premium here. You know, I like Kyle Pitts over Mark Andrews, just based on the chance that guy could get a lot of targets with Julio but gone. Both of them and TJ Hawkinson are all getting drafted way too high. That's why we had to go Darren Waller <laughs> in the first round. <laughs> exactly. So <clears throat> that's just that team where it's like, yeah, those players are all really good. It just doesn't make sense together, and he really cost himself late. Because you know he made a mistake getting Mark Andrews in the fourth because he went no offense. Well, also, too, that you, you look at outside of Kamara, look at his running backs. Edmonds, James Conner, so he's just banking on that Arizona timeshare. That's not a good place for your running back, too. David, David Johnson, Johnson. Latavius Murray. I, Latavius Murray, 11th round. I see some upside there. Like, James White, are you kidding me? Like, I, dude, that's not a – he's going to be chasing the waiver wire way too hard on uh, running backs there. Okay, so here's another guy. And then we're going to wrap it up. Hey, do the, the stars on this draft board mean auto-pick? What's that? Do the stars on the draft board mean they auto-picked? I think so, actually. I think that would make, make a lot of sense, right? It would, because that's why Team Elgin sucks so bad. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is like some of his worst picks are, are the ones he, he jumped he, in and He picked. jumped in and did himself. <laughs> <laughs> Odell, Odell Beckham, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> yeah. Tyler Tony. Higby. Tony in the after he got Kyle Pitts. Yeah, dude. Like, oh, God, that's retarded. Okay. Um, all right. The guy, though, I'm going to fucking highlight here is uh, CD, Dak of whatever. The First off, you can't name your team CD and Dak or whatever and not take either of those guys when they're on the board for you. So I'm going to make fun of you just on that alone. Well, he takes Derrick Henry third overall, dude, when Kamara, Ellie, like, dude, I had Henry as like my sixth or seventh running back on the board, maybe fifth. I could be, be swung into, but third overall, that's a reach for a guy who's coming off a record workload two straight years and is starting to reach his late twenties where running backs tend to break down. Okay, uh, Justin Jefferson second round, Michael Thomas third round. I like those. That's that's two premium passers. I like that. But then, dude, after Derrick Henry, like to me, Derrick Henry's the guy there because of the risk factor. You got to really be running back heavy early on, and he doesn't. His other running backs are Josh Jacobs. Michael Carter in the seventh round. Dude, like, I want to take Michael Carter in the 14th round. <laughs> and, like, but, but, Scott, what about Naheem Hines? That guy had a lot of targets last year with Phillip Rivers at quarterback for the Colts. Oh, God, yeah. So, yeah, Naheem Hines in the 10th round. Phillip uh, Rivers is retired. Giovanni Bernard in the 12th round. I like Gio Bernard's potential in Tampa, but not as a 12th rounder there, you know? Yeah. And then, and not, and then, I mean, I don't know. I, I, he takes Sam J. Perrine late. That, that could be solid. But overall, dude, like, look at his quarterback room. Kirk Cousins, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, very good, but it's like we're, you could be missing the first two weeks of the season with him, like we said earlier. Like, I don't know. There, there's a lot of risk there. But he also has Aaron Rodgers in addition to he stacked him with Robert Tanyan. So you're very dependent on Rodgers staying in Green Bay for that one. Because if Tanyan's not the guy, and Tanyan's down to see some crazy touchdown regression. Because what do you have, like, 14 touchdowns and, like, 60 targets, something like that last year. Like, yeah. so, something fucking absurd. So, like, that's definitely not going to hold up. And I, I just don't see it from this guy. So, uh, but also, you can't name your guy after t- players on your favorite team or whatever and then not take any of those guys. That's that's calling your shot early. You look like a chump. 
That's my two cents on that. <laughs> I, I Real quick, I just want to call out the team who obviously let his real-life team bias get to him, and that's Team Elgin. Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, and Russell Gage all on his team. <laughs> yeah. Matt Ryan has his quarterback. And then he's got Tevin Coleman there because he's like, oh, remember when he was the backup to Morgan Freeman? <laughs> I know their quarterback, Morgan their running back wasn't Morgan Freeman. But <laughs> it was Devonta Freeman. But. Oh, dude, that's funny, man. Well, hey, dude, thanks for doing this with me. We'll have fun. Uh, we'll, we'll do, we should do a little weekly uh, update for the listeners during the season and stuff. Uh, yeah, and if you liked this fantasy football breakdown, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review Luck Stops Pod and let us know that you liked it, and we'll do our best ball draft live. Yeah, we will do a live best ball draft. That sounds like fun. We uh, might do that anyway because I don't really care what you guys think. I had fun today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like doing this shit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening. And also make sure you check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod. For a mere $5 a month, you can get a bunch of bonus content. And I, I'm planning a, a crossover episode with my friends. I was just a guest on the, the Real Life Sci-Fi Show. So that's going to be out next week where I talk about Operation Mockingbird a CIA uh, media project from, like, the 1950s, 60s, 70s and stuff. And that's a lot of fun. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're, I'm doing a crossover with them where they're coming out to Vegas. And in September, we're going to the Curiosities and Oddies, Oddities Expo and hanging out with a bunch of taxidermists and weirdos. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And that'll be a Patreon that exclusive. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, thank you, Brad. This was great. And thank you, everybody, for listening. You rock.